Hi, my name is Juliet, and I'm the host for this podcast. I'm studying to be a rabbi. In fact, in a year, I I will be ordained um, a year from January, which from this January from now. Um, Very exciting. And anyway, um, I'm doing this podcast um, out of a passion for the Torah and stories that we tell. And in Judaism, there's a specific portion or reading from the Torah for every week of the year. And as we go through these readings week by week by week in order from the beginning of the Torah to the end, from the beginning of the Jewish year to the end, we analyze the stories and we comment on them. Of course, connecting them to real life, to contemporary contemporary life, oh my God, my mouth is like all over the place today, is how these ancient stories come alive, which is one of my great passions as a future rabbi. I hope you'll accompany me as I tell these stories of Torah and of my life and the lives of others. If you miss an episode, you can always go back and find it wherever you get your podcasts. And I want to thank you for coming on this ancient and contemporary journey with me. And you can check out all the other things that I offer on my website, lenegditami.us. That's L-N-E-G-D-I-T-A-M-I-D dot us. And um, you can also make uh, contributions um, that would be greatly appreciated and needed. And so thank you. Anyway, um, so today... Um, I named this Come Into the Darkness. Bo. This is about the the Parsha called Bo. Bo means come. Um, that's the first word of the Parsha. That's how the Parshas are usually named by the first word. Usually by the first word or it's in the first sentence. Um, so we're, we're on the last three plagues. Uh, we have not made it to freedom yet. Um... And um, it's darkness. One of the last three plagues is darkness. And I was thinking, wow, um, last, you know, all these past couple of weeks, all you all, I feel like all I've been hearing about besides the pandemic is January 6th. It's like all over the news. And I sat down to write today to write my my, uh, blog and I realized, oh, and I had no idea what I was going to write about today. I just was like, oh, I couldn't find any one particular great story, something that I had come across, something that I had read or heard on another podcast or, or anything in the news, anything that I could really pinpoint as a good story. So I was like, what am I going to write about? And then I, I realized I sat down and here it is, January 6th. Here we are, January 6th, as I'm speaking now as I write today, and it's a new day to commemorate in U.S. history since last year. And all I can think about is darkness. So darkness is the ninth plague, I believe. I think I have it in order. First, there are the locusts in this Parsha. Last week, we ended with uh, hail, I think it was. And now we're in the locusts that eat all the greenery, everything, you know, everything that's edible. Then there's darkness and then there's the the death of the firstborn. That's the last one. And this darkness that descends between the two plagues of locusts and death of the firstborn 
is a darkness that's described in Egypt as so thick that it is palpable. That's the translation, palpable, like you can touch it. It is a darkness so heavy, the people are paralyzed. The Egyptians are paralyzed. No one can see his fellow. That's the translation, his fellow, Chaver. Um, they do not move for three whole days. That's how dark it is. They can't see anything. It's a darkness to me. I was thinking it's a darkness worse than winter. We complain so much about the winter. Oh, it's the longest days of the year. It's so de- depressing. Maybe it's like the darkness of the pandemic, the darkness of our global climate crisis, which I find much more depressing than the days of winter. I wish we would get some snow. We're supposed to get some snow tomorrow. Finally, it's been, you know, 60 degrees, 50 degrees for weeks now in the middle of the winter in New York City. Maybe it's like the darkness of our political situation. And, you know, I, th- I was thinking so many of us are caught up in day-to-day and moment-by-moment survival. We can't see beyond our own no- noses. We're almost paralyzed. Some of us are paralyzed. For sure, we cannot see our fellow. We also cannot hear our fellow. We can't even talk to our fellow. And of course, I'm referring here to people that don't share our opinions. And I, I, oh my God, I'm going crazy when I listen to the news, hearing about the two sides of the aisles, two sides of the aisle on the other side of the aisle. That makes me sick as if they're just, you know, it's just, ugh, just dividing people more. Like you're on that side, we're on this side. My father would have said, that's exactly where they want us. And what did he mean by that? By they, he meant the ruling class. He would explain, if everyone is so poor that they can't even, you know, they're competing with each other, they're blaming other groups for their problems, they're competing for the few jobs that there are, um, whatever, There's no time or energy for organizing if you're just trying to pay your bills. And that, as we know, has gotten worse and worse over the past decades. Um, People just struggling to make ends meet, holding down three jobs, five jobs, just to because they can't even get a full-time job anywhere. And, um, you know, it's not the... And so there's no time or energy left over for organizing if you're working you know, so many hours every day and you're so exhausted, at least not the kind of organizing that would actually bring people together. And the kind of organizing that we saw on January 6th, it was fantastic. I mean, they did a great job organizing, but it was the kind of organizing that was divisive. And boy, have the Republicans used that to manipulate people even more. It's like, since then, like, oh, yes, they've just taken on the lie and made it a part of their way of continuing to di- divide people further. They're so good at it. I don't know why the Democrats are, don't, haven't figured this out. I really don't know because, boy, are they smart. They're think tanks, whatever, whatever, whoever they use. And so, yeah, that's what 
exactly what January 6th was. It was about the other causing our problem. So in other words, it's, it's a kind of slavery, but a very clever kind of slavery, hidden from view. It's not obvious slavery. It's not with chains. They have exactly where they want us, tied up in our technology, shut away in our houses to the extent that that can happen, right? Literally with the pandemic, it was perfect. Can't get out there on the streets, but people did anyway. But still, much more limited. People are afraid to go out. People, even when, when George Floyd was killed, people went out and they, but, but it was like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. This is so dangerous. And there was a curfew and everything at that time. I don't know if you remember. Well, in New York, there was a curfew because they were trying to control the protests last summer. Not this past summer, the summer before. So while all of this is happening, we're, we're just like sucked in by our technology and shut away in our houses And they, what my father would have called the ruling class, are happily inventing more distractions for us, keeping us scrambling, not to mention keeping us hopeless and in despair at the enormity of the world's problems. So I want to come back to the Parsha now, because there's something else in this week's Parsha. And it's pretty amazing, because in this week's Parsha, we do not walk to freedom yet. That's next week. So what's amazing is that before we even know how this story is going to end, before we even walk to freedom, there's a hint that this story will not end badly. Despite the oppression, despite the darkness and death all around, God tells the Israelites that there will be a holiday commemorating this time in history. Their children will one day ask about this, and they must be ready with an answer. This holiday is actually spelled out in this Parsha, and we haven't even walked to freedom yet. That's Passover, right? That's what we celebrate today. Though the worst is perhaps still to come, there is a story of victory in the end. This story, which is so central to Judaism, was the story that kept African-American slaves going It was a story of liberation they needed to hear, and it was their faith in God that kept them going, it kept them moving, it kept them trying and fighting in all kinds of creative ways. It was a faith cultivated over generations, not overnight. That's the kind of faith we need right now to keep us moving, trying, fighting. And we need that faith so that we can talk to and see and hear each other despite the darkness. We can afford to stop for a few days to rest, but we can't afford to be paralyzed by the darkness. Let us say, Amen.